Welcome to today's live video at Tree Cop Training. It is uh, March 24th, 2018, Saturday, 4.30. This is what I do. I just spent about an hour reading case law, literally on the cases that I'm going to discuss right now for all you in New Jersey. And I have to relevant to the fact that although I've covered some areas and uh, specifics of case law, we do have a lot of new members. So welcome, everybody. This is going to be a really New Jersey-specific case, but not bad to listen to if you are an out-of-state police officer. And some of the things that uh, we have to navigate around in New Jersey, it's no big deal. Um you have some weird stuff in your state. We have some weird stuff in our state. I'm just trying to help everybody get on the same page and do these things correctly and do it properly. Now, the first one I'm going to talk about is a question came in to me today, and it said, uh, quick question for you. Oh, hold on a second. Let me go down a little bit. Jump in. The thing jumps. Basically, it was a question about when can I ask a passenger out of a motor vehicle on a motor vehicle stop? And let me read a few cases for you. Uh, we're in Overstate versus Brian L. Smith. That was decided in 1994. Still applies to this day because we had something called uh, State versus Taiwan Vacom, which came out of Woodbridge from actually uh, a guy who went to the academy with him, my old partner in Woodbridge uh, as a narcotics detective. We'll talk about a few different things. It's going to be a good video. It's interesting. It will help you go out and do your job better. Uh, hopefully, it'll clear up confusion and miscommunication between uh, supervisor and staff and coworker to coworker. And... Uh, Hopefully, this provides some value to everybody for you guys to use. So, with that being said, let me explain. Um, here's what happens in State versus Smith, Brian L. Smith. This is Brian L. Smith, 1994. I will obviously put the hyperlink into this, the wording from the ruling that I'm going to be citing, and then you guys can go and research it yourself to see if I'm actually accurate in my results. So, here's what happens. A trooper pulls over a car, and the question is, when can you ask passengers out of a motor vehicle in New Jersey on a motor vehicle stop? And basically, in a nutshell, the court said you need something called a heightened caution. It could be anything that doesn't even have to be a danger factor. It could be just one articulable fact. I'm going to go into the uh, consent decree and what the courts have said. But basically, it's just one specific fact that would lead you to believe that uh, maybe something's wrong on this motor vehicle stop. Here's what happens in this one. As the car's got a fleet stop, Trooper Gassina observed movement in the car, which he described as commotion within the vehicle. The movement put him in fear for his own and partner's safety. So these troopers are pulling over a car. They see a lot of commotion going on inside the car. Uh, they stop the car. They ask the driver right out of the right out the gate to step out of the vehicle, which is completely legal. Uh, again, I, I never encourage people to just if you're going to be uh, ticket Joe and you're going to run radar every day, and that's what you're going to do and write tickets, and you're not looking for criminal behavior. These are not pretextual stops. I'm not encouraging you to stop every car that you have and have the people step out of the car in every single stop. That's not the explanation here. It is. When you will go out and you're trying to do interdiction, criminal interdiction, or you're trying to discover people, trying to, uh, you know, before, during, and after the uh, commission of a criminal offense, the tactic that you must imply, if you haven't noticed, is asking people to step out of the car, especially drivers, especially passengers. If you haven't paid attention to other people who have interdiction groups and seen videos from those classes, nobody, nobody does interdiction with the person driving the car sitting inside the vehicle. So, one of the things that you have to get comfortable with is you're planning on being a more effective police officers to ask people outside of a car and knowing when when you can, uh, when you can do that and when you can't do that. All right. So back to this. They ask the driver to step out. Uh, they go to the passenger side and they ask this uh, this defendant, her last name is Muhammad, to step out of the car. When she steps out of the car, she gives the trooper some weird stare. And then he sees in the light a very open, uh, an open jacket, a very large bulge protruding from under her shirt. 
She all of a sudden starts crying, says, it's not mine. They may put it in there. It was a clear plastic bag containing a large amount of crack cocaine. So they try to suppress it. And here's what they say. Uh, the troopers ordered to, to I'm sorry, the troopers ordered to the passenger, Geraldine Muhammad, to step out of the car, stop for routine traffic violation, and the officers pat down that passenger were reasonable. And hence, the permissible under the Fourth Amendment of the Federal Constitution, Article 1, Paragraph 7, Jersey Constitution. Therefore, the trial court properly denied the motion to suppress the cocaine and drug paraphernalia found it to arrest. I've highlighted a few things. Bear with me. It's important for you to know this so you know when you're trying to explain this to a co-worker what it means. And you can see the wall behind us, a little bear. These are the old screw marks here. We are moving uh, the street cop office a little bit closer to my house, about 30 minutes south of where we are currently. And uh, we'll have a real cool decorated studio we're putting together. It's been pretty dope. So uh, sorry for the blank background. I'm really, it's not, it's not as boring as, it, you know, we just start packing the whole place up because we're moving this Friday. Anyway, back to this. The court, the court concluded the state's interest in the officer's safety of its officers far outweigh the driver's interest in being made routinely to step out of car as it has been stopped for a traffic violation. The court held that the order to the driver to step out of the vehicle was reasonable and thus permissible under the Fourth Amendment. Requiring a passenger to step out of the vehicle in the course of routine traffic stop presents a greater intrusion on the, per, on the passenger's liberty than it does on a driver's liberty. So in New Jersey, even though every other state says you can just ask a passenger out just like you can ask a driver out, here in this state they say you got to have a little bit more. In applying the MIMS test balancing test to passengers, the court concludes that the MIMS test per se rule should not be applied automatically to passengers. There will be instances, however, in which police officers with less than a reasonable suspicion that a passenger is engaged in criminal activity or is armed and dangerous may reasonably order a passenger to step out of a car. To support an order to step out of a vehicle for a traffic violation, the officer must point out some fact or facts in the totality of circumstances that would create a, uh, a police officer a heightened awareness of danger that would warrant an objectively reasonable offer and I'm sorry, officer in securing the scene in a more effective manner by ordering the passenger to step out of a car. And on a side note, it says to justify a pat down and off of an occupant who has stepped out of a vehicle, the officer must find specific articulable facts to demonstrate that a reasonably prudent person under the circumstances would be warranted in the belief that he, that his or her safety of that was of others was in danger or others in danger. Uh, so, Jay Smith's excuses. What the hell does that mean? I have no idea. Jay Smith, elaborate. Oh, okay, never mind. Jay, you're the guy who wrote me in. I'm sorry, dude. You're the guy who wrote me in. My, my apologies, brother. I, um, it's, it's, it's quite uh, interesting that you wrote this and and uh, the case is Brian L. Smith. <laughs> what a coincidence. Anyway, I have a few more things highlighted here. The court balanced the driver's interest in privacy against the state interest protecting its police officers. It concluded the state's interest in the safety of its officers far outweigh the driver's interest in not being made routinely to step out of a car after it has been stopped for a traffic violation. It found such an intrusion on the driver is so de minimis, which means minimal in Latin. In the words of the court, the police have already lawfully decided that the driver shall be brief, briefly detained, and the only question is whether he shall spend that period sitting in the driver's seat of his car or standing alongside with it. The court determined that requiring the driver to spend that time outside the car is not a serious intrusion upon the sanctity of the person. Right, sanctity, I'll catch it. But it hardly rises to the level of petty indignity. So what they're saying is, it is so, it is so minimal to ask somebody to step out of the car. You already had them stop. Having somebody step out and talk to them on the side of the road in a safe place is, is almost irrelevant. And certainly, it can be justified under many circumstances. All right. In contrast to the minimal intrusion on a person's privacy, the police officer's safety is greatly enhanced when an officer can order the driver out of a car. If the driver is out of the vehicle, he or she is less able to make unobserved movements that might endanger, that might, uh, endanger the officer. So what they're saying is, um, when people step out of a car and off to the side of the roadway, you're not in traffic, 
You can see what a, what a passenger or a driver or passenger is doing. You can watch their hands. Where in a car, you're kind of obstructed from the view of what you can see inside the car. Here's what the courts are saying. This is Dennis Benino translating this to you. And to be honest with you, I know that we had a case, State versus Taiwan Bacombe, that was challenged in Woodbridge. But for, for the thousands and thousands of car stops that I've done, I've never had anybody challenge me when I had a reason or, or articulable facts to ask somebody to step out of a car. I've never been challenged on that. And I don't know why people get hung up on this in Monday morning quarterback. Um, I, I just can't understand why people Monday morning quarterback, when they don't even know what they're talking about. Like, how does somebody sit down and contradict or try to beat up somebody's report of what happened when they literally don't know how to interpret the, 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 the court cases legitimately? I've never understood that. If you don't know what you're talking about, what gives you the right to check somebody else or to say yes or no, this actually worked? Like, read case law. Read case law, coworkers. Don't tell your guy next to you, the other officer next to you, that he was wrong in what he was doing if you don't know what you're talking about. That happened to me when I used to work. We'd have some guys like, oh, yeah, I read your case, and I don't know about it. Like, yeah, I know you don't. You haven't done a fucking thing for 22 years. You haven't done a thing. You read one piece of case law, and you don't even understand what it says. I get what you're saying, but it, you're wrong. I would have it come to work and people put stuff in my mailbox and I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you got it. You got it. The guy who doesn't know how to, the guy's been on the desk for 22 years. You got it. And I, you know, I'm not saying that, but come on, please. Hey, you know, if you're going to be out here and you're going to be criticizing people or we're reviewing things, at least know what you're talking about. Just don't come pull shit out of thin air or wherever. Uh, that's funny. Uh, you know, pulling just, oh, well, I heard that. This is what we go by here. This is what you go by here. This is, U.S. Supreme Court case law ruling. Right. Yeah, educate yourself. Exactly, Michelle Vita. Uh, Matt Anderson is gay. That's from Curtis Minchuk. Um, hey, man, that's your choice, brother. We support you no matter what. We'll still be your friend. Um, and, you know, maybe one day you and your, your significant other, whatever he may be, more than welcome to come to training. We'll see you there. Let me go back to this. You can also read State versus Natolo. That's in 1984. I'll cite that as well. More persuasive, the analysis holds that the same concerns of the officers for their safety justify a policy regarding the driver, similar justify the ordering of the passenger to get out of the vehicle. Now, I will also say that, um, look, there's a lot of people who will call me and they want to, they want me to side with them against somebody who feels that they're wrong. If you're wrong, I'm not going to side with you because you're, you know, because you're a member of this group. I'm here to deploy the truth, and the truth is undefeated. That's all it is. So people can say what they want, but. I'm not here to, to if you're wrong, I, I guys, like, don't talk about getting the wind taken out of your sail. Guys call me, they're like, oh, dude, I want to run this past you. This is what I think. And I'm like, yeah, you're wrong. And they're like, what, what, what? What, you, uh, what do you mean I'm wrong? Dude, you're wrong. That guy who told you that or that girl that told you that, they were right. You were wrong. Uh, and don't, please don't misinterpret the things that I teach here and then go tell somebody, one of your coworkers, that I told you to do it. If they want... You call me first if you're going to go blame something on me. And I'll tell you if I ever told you to do that because I only tell the facts here. I only tell the truth. And that's why we record every single class that we do. That's why we make sure we give out all our content. So when you try to say that I told you to do something because you can't understand what I'm saying because maybe you're uh, tad mentally challenged. There's a handful of these out there. There's a handful of guys out there that are a little like uh, that will take the things that I'm explaining here, misinterpret them and apply. This is quality, truth, content for you to take and use in the field of law enforcement to apply every day to make sure that you do your job correctly, 
you avoid uh, any kind of civil litigation, and to make sure your cases are, are locked airtight. That's what this is all about. I want you to do your job better, all right? Uh, Matt, sorry. Did, did we say you were gay, Matt? Sorry. Oh, yeah. Hey, damn it. Well, okay. The cat's out of the bag, dude. What do you want me to tell you? The cat's out of the bag. I, it's a, Dude, you can be... It's okay. Like, get your friends. Dude, they're great. Don't decorate my house. Phenomenal. What a great time to drink martinis and stuff. Anyway. Um, so, I think that's all I have in notes for this. Oh, now I get some more. We do recognize, however, that incivil service of the police officers left in a reasonable suspicion that a passenger is engaged in criminal activity or is armed and dangerous may reasonably order a passenger to step out of the vehicle. Indeed, we are satisfied. We determine that an officer must be able to point out specific and articulable facts that would warrant a heightened caution in justifying ordering that occupants step out of a vehicle detained for a traffic violation. The standard that justifies an order to passenger out of a vehicle does not rise to the Terry standard that must be met for protective pat-down. We adopt this lesser standard because of the need to protect police officers and because the minimal intrusion of the requirement to exit a car imposes on the passenger. To support an order to a passenger to alight from a vehicle stops for a traffic violation. Therefore, the officer need not point out specific facts that the occupants are armed and dangerous. Rather, the officer need only point out some fact, one, one fact, or facts, multiples, more than one, in the totality of the circumstances, that would create a police officer. Uh, that would create in a police officer a heightened awareness of danger that would warrant an objectively reasonable per, uh, officer in securing the scene in a more effectively manner by ordering the passenger to alight from the car. Now, um, hopefully that helps you guys. And again, you understand. We give you the basis. It's you have to take it and apply in your situation. You can pose questions to me. I cannot give general broad answers. There's a lot of things that are specific that happen to specific cases. One thing that I answer all the time, which is the second part of this video, is guys are constantly calling me and, and want to run searches past me, what they thought, what they think about it. One recently today that came past me is something along the pretenses of the odor of marijuana going into the trunk of a hatchback and then beginning to remove panels and discovering CDS. Now, in New Jersey, if you've read State versus Houston, or you've, which I implore you to do, and I'll add that into here, the courts had a problem with this when you smell raw marijuana. A lot of guys, well, what do you think about going into the trunk of a hatchback or an SUV? Here's my advice, and this is why I always advocate this, because you wouldn't have to ask these questions if you follow what I'm telling you to do. As a matter of fact, we wouldn't have State versus Houston if those officers had been trained and applied the advice of Dennis Benito. So here it is for the 1,748th time. If you are searching a car and you don't know if you're allowed to go into that area or your, the scope of your search extends to that area of that vehicle, here's what you do. Breathe, stop, think about it. If you don't think you can go further, ask for consent to search. You can tell people things like this. I'm going to search your car. I'm not allowed to go to the trunk at this junction. I may be able to go to the trunk if I find something in the interior department of your car that allow me to go into the, expand my scope and go into the trunk of your car. This is New Jersey, folks. So you're watching from other states. This is New Jersey. All right. You could say to that person, I would like consent to search of your trunk and under the hood of your car. Would you grant that to me? You don't got to play games with it because if they say no, you just get a call for a canine unit. And if the canine unit arrives and indicates in the car, any canine officer can explain that odor can start from the bumper and travel all the way to the, to the rear of the car, from the front bumper to the rear. Uh, and that's why it gives you the ability to search the entire car with a canine indication. 
if you remember years ago, we had to get search warrants when you didn't have the automobile exception of a dog hit that provided probable cause for you to get a search warrant for the car bumper to bumper. The judge never said, well, he hit on the rear quarter panel. You guys can look at the rear quarter panel. Um, I will also tell you that you can do something like this. Hey, we've searched your car. We can't go into the trunk of the car. However, we don't want to violate your rights. Will you grant us consent to search the trunk? If they say no, call for a canine unit. It's just that simple. I just don't know how else you're getting into these compartments when there's criticism of, well, what's his advice about? We don't know if it, if it works. Well, how else will you get into the trunk of a car if your scope does not permit you to? Because if you're letting people go and you're not searching their trunks when you have a CDS offense already in place, are you losing, are you out of your mind? Are you what is wrong with everybody? Learn how to ask consent. Learn how to ask people out of a car if you're trying to do this kind of police work. If not, don't get involved. Go put your radar unit on and write tickets. You know. But if you're trying to do this, and this is the kind of stuff that interests you, you got to get. Yep, Mark, you know the deal, man. Consent, canine search warrant. If you can't get consent, call for a canine. Can't get a canine, contact your designated assistant prosecutor or designated whoever you got to call first and let them know what you have and see if they'll allow you to tow the car because you would obviously have PC already to apply for a search warrant for the entire car. Street cop instructor Brad Gilmore writes in, I had a case where an odor of marijuana emanated from the passenger compartment of the vehicle. I conducted a PC search of the passenger compartment of, and Brad did not write anything further. Brad, I'm going to click on this. Um, I don't know what happened to the rest of your statement. I promise you at his instruction, he is much more savvy than the way he gave a half-assed comment here on this video. So, Brad Gilmore, see if you can finish it. If you can look at the thing, you didn't finish it. Uh, Brad Gilmore's class, April 5th, Morris County. Big group of people coming to that one. He's badass. Could be a great thing. He's coming over. Coming to the office tomorrow for the last time. And we're going to be going really, really doctoring up and making his presentations like ridiculous. It's going to be really, really good thing. Okay. Now we can see. Hit see more. Back to Brad's thing. I'm outside. Let me know when. Okay. Here's what he says. Upon doing the search, a text message popped up on the screen of the phone in plain saying, uh, in, plain, in plain view saying, I'm outside. Let me know when rolling up with my weed. Search the trunk based on belief that contraband was present due to overwhelming odor of marijuana in vehicle and not finding anything. Went to trial one. Okay. Well, you shouldn't be texting and driving, Mr. Gilmore. You're a law enforcement officer <laughs> in the state of New Jersey. Um, there is no, I, I get what you did. I understand why you did it. But again, if you think you're pushing the envelope there, you can just play it safe. Let's not try to make new case law. Apply, get consent, call for a canine or apply for a search warrant. And we'll fix it. Show people this video. And uh, guys, if you're finding value in this, all I ask in return is that you invite one or two people to the group. We'll approve them. I go through it a couple times a day to make sure it's good. I vet through everybody, add people to the group. Uh, a lot of people always ask about when the next training comes up, streetcoptraining.com. If you look inside for Brad's class or any of my classes coming up, uh, and now talking with a few different states at this junction. So coming to Pittsburgh, uh, coming to uh, right outside of Wilkesboro, Pennsylvania, Bloomsburg, PA, coming to Minnesota in uh, August 29th and 30th. Admin's on vacation when she gets back. We're going to put it all together for everybody. I'll still have time, plenty of time to register for that. RegisterTreeCopTraining.com. And then a few other states we're talking to. I'm not going to reveal that yet, but it looks like, uh, as we expected, we'll probably hit 
uh, all 50 states rather sooner than later. So the out-of-state program translates really, really well. You see the guys from Hobart, Indiana that we just did, and the guys from uh, Watertown, South Dakota found tremendous value in it. They're going out and doing some amazing stuff, and it's it's really uh, exciting for me to be able to take this program that I uh, designed in New Jersey and bring it out. Now, we do cover a lot of case law, but the tactics that are discussed in class, you can see in this group, uh, are invaluable. So have a good day, guys. I should be back here tomorrow, but I got to start doing some other work. See you.